Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I pushed Sully a lot to really, I guess, just get a reaction out of her, kind of to see what she could and couldn't handle. I would say it was a month-to-month thing where we were a touch-and-go situation and figuring out if we should be dating and it would become a back and forth. And then we would break up and then there would be instances of like random hooking up with people or texting someone and then we'd get back together because we loved each other and we were sorry and we would fix it. You might be familiar with Murphy's Law. Anything that can happen will happen. And that means if anything can go wrong, it will go wrong. When it comes to dating, Murphy's Law is a bitch. Loving someone always has its ups and downs, but roller coaster relationships hit three loops, take six drops, and somehow fit in a boomerang. They're fun until they're suddenly not anymore. Breakups, am I right? They're messy, complicated, sometimes humorous, often heartbreaking mostly for the best and always entertaining to others. And that's where we come in. Welcome to the X Games. Yes, that's X with an E-X. A podcast about dating and breakups in which everyone plays and absolutely no one wins. I'm Caitlin Cauley, Elite Daily's editor-at-large, and I'm here to walk you through both sides of a breakup story and hopefully end up somewhere near the truth. Each week, we'll examine a new ill-fated relationship— Both parties will say their piece separately as we attempt to thread together a narrative and pinpoint where it all went wrong. Afterward, we'll let them listen to each other and then finally and honestly have it out. For our third episode, we have M.A. and her former flame on the field, Sully. M.A. and Sully were college soccer teammates who forged their way through sexual repression, self-discovery, discriminatory dating policies, and lots and lots of side chick drama. So what exactly happened to the rollercoaster relationship? As anyone who's ever gotten into, and subsequently out of, a relationship knows, there are at least two sides to every story. So when was the first time that we met? The first time I met in May was um, my freshman year in college. This was a preseason meet. I'm used to calling her Sully. Um, it's a play on her last name and we're teammates and that's how that goes. We were both on the soccer team. I was probably 20 and she was 19. And so preseason starts two weeks before school starts and the fresh incoming freshmen are assigned to housing with some of the older girls on the team. Everyone came in before preseason and, uh, everyone was relaxing at my apartment and swimming and, um, just having a good time. She was a sophomore and the sophomores were usually given the incoming freshmen for housing. So we slept in their apartments. And I remember seeing Sully and she was funny and quirky. And uh, I remember thinking that I I wanted to spend a lot of time with her. Oh gosh. The first thought when I saw May, um, we just connected instantly. And I probably tried to ignore that she was really good looking. She's a really magnetic person. Um, 
and we had the same sense of humor. And I do remember driving her home back to the dorms or back to someone's house. And Sully had this way of like popping out rap lyrics, which I'm from Atlanta. So if you can do that, you've already won my heart. And I just remember thinking like, oh man, who is this like little blonde haired girl from Georgia? I can't even handle this right now. After uh, preseason was over, I would say for the next few months, I was going over to their apartment and under the guise of like, oh, we'll watch TV together and then just would sleep in her room. I had dated women, but I also wasn't really, really out. People knew, I knew, but I hadn't put a label on anything. I think she knew that I had feelings for her clearly because I was showing up at her apartment every night. I knew that I had feelings, but I was definitely trying to ignore them because I had no idea if she would be interested back. So I played it very cool. I found myself sleeping in her room a lot and it was just, I was playing it off as this is a really easy thing and it's easier just not to go home kind of thing. But I definitely wasn't giving her what I was feeling because I wasn't sure that I was gay at the time. So we started off this really long, slow process of being friends and then sleeping in the same bed and all this tension build up. And then finally, kind of that just exploded. She essentially said to me, we can't continue to hang out unless you tell me what's going on. I was confused and also not really dating anyone else or trying to. Um, and I think I kind of confronted her of like, what is this? What are you doing? I know you have feelings too. We've been sleeping in each other's beds for months on end. And that is how repressed I was. I was literally getting out of her bed in the morning and then going to class and not acknowledging what had happened the day before and not thinking about it. Emma and Sully, like most college kids, were a little confused about who they were and who they wanted to be. But you can't sleep in someone's bed for months on end without eventually having to confront the truth. Four to five months into us knowing each other is when things sort of came to a head. And she still played coy for a little while until one night. And this was after a drunken night. Um... Where again, I went back to her apartment. After season, we were drinking and then all bets were off. So we'd gone to a party and she sort of set it up as, well, it would be easier if you just came back to the apartment because um, I have my car here. Before we were in her room, she stopped me just outside of it. And she kissed me or I kissed her? And kissed me. We kissed. That was certainly a move, yeah. And she admitted it later. She said, oh yeah, I totally knew what I was doing. I just remember being like, yes, finally. This finally happened. I knew it. We had slept together and I literally got up the next morning and didn't mention it and continued not to mention it. I also remember being really scared. Like, was that just a one-time thing? Was she drunk? She's very cool and calm and level-headed and doesn't let you know what's going on. So that is around the time where discussion and the ultimate happened where she said to me, either we discuss what this means or I am going to have to distance myself from you. So I would say. March of my freshman and her sophomore year is when we officially started dating. I'm sure I told her I loved her already. I like I was not playing it cool at that point. So finally, after months of doing the will they or won't they dance, they were ready to DTR, you know, define the relationship. But did MA just say she was in love? She said, I love you first. I think the first time I told her I loved her was we were actually like starting to date. And it was like, I'm in love with you. I need to be with you. I would say that we said, I love you to each other pretty quickly, which is pretty gay of us. She didn't wait that long either. She'll, she might say that she did, but it was like two months. I would say probably the first couple of weeks of us actually dating. But to be fair, we had 
been building up to that. I mean, I think like a lot of couples in college, you're kind of thrust into this this dynamic of spending every single waking moment together because you can and you have all this freedom. And that's where we were too. Beyond, you know, being together for eight hours of the day. Training from 5.30 in the morning till night. And then we lived together. So and we didn't do anything without each other. We shared an apartment with three other people, which is awful. Don't ever do that. Um, and then we decided to get a dog. In retrospect, looking back at that time, it's it's a lot to ask two people to to spend that much time together, I think. And it not necessarily affect how your relationship is going. It looks like the soccer team that serendipitously brought them together was now pulling them apart. Well, the soccer team and one team member in particular. There were other players on the team that were um, interested in MA. <laughs> were there other interested parties? Sure. Yes, there were. Um, before I met Sully, there was like another girl in her class uh, that, yeah, was interested. And I think I've definitely entertained any flirtation that came my way at that point. If I could still pull that that much ass, I'd be great. But like that just doesn't happen these days. <laughs> so we started dating around Marchish, and I went home for the summer, so we didn't see each other a lot then. Uh, there had been some infidelity between that time. I was just in this mindset of I'm going to do whatever I want. I had gotten out of a bad breakup where my, where I had been cheated on, and I think I was just like a shithead. And once I met Sully, everything was. Like everything got cut off with anyone because I wanted her. It was just a really like tumultuous time. This other human would still like pursue me, try to sway me. And, you know, I'd be lying if I said that sometimes I didn't give into it. I think it was that summer that MA had um, had slept with this person. And I then found out about it once we returned to school. I don't remember anything physical, but I'm sure that it that it happened. And I know that Sully would be the first one to offer up some instances. <laughs> so I'll just go ahead and own that. Getting cheated on sucks. Getting cheated on and being forced to interact with the other woman every day on and off the field sucks even harder. So how did this slip up affect the team dynamic? And honestly, our coaches didn't like that two of the teammates were dating it created, you know, some bad, some bad dynamics on the team and isolated some people. <laughs> there was a girl on the team who was very into dating MA and was really not a fan of me. So that became an issue between the other players and I. It felt like a territory war and it didn't need to be. And we played uh, in the same sort of position. So it would almost become comical. It was ugly and dirty and dramatic and say in a play, it would be easier to pass to me and she would make a, a reroute to play it to someone else. So it it became something that other people noticed. But yeah, I would say it, it played out on the field for sure. And it was very apparent to not just me and Amay, but the coaches. Eventually we had a meeting between the entire team uh, where a rule was set where we were not allowed to date each other. This was also, I mean, in 2005. And so, I mean, it's come a long way since then where you see professional athletes now coming out and talking about being gay. But that still like wasn't a thing when we were like 10, 15 years ago. It really wasn't. Uh, the coaches didn't necessarily want to acknowledge this other person's role in it um, and instead just decided to ban each other from dating. Otherwise, we'd lose scholarships, et cetera. 
they said, like, if you were dating your teammates, like you will pretty much get kicked off. They didn't necessarily call either of us out, but it was pretty apparent that we were being called out. Sully had a lot more like umph behind her and a lot more confidence to say like, that's messed up. And I, on the other hand, felt really guilty. And it became a big issue in our relationship as well. We had to keep a lot of things quiet and that was hard on both of us. And I think on a lot of people around us. Um, I think it was known that we were definitely still dating. It would just become something that people didn't talk about. After struggling to overcome MA's infidelity, the pair was hit with another blow. This one, however, was beyond their control. The discriminatory team policies forced their relationship into hiding, and nothing healthy could result from that. I pushed Sully a lot to really, I guess, just get a reaction out of her, kind of to see what she could and couldn't handle. I would say it was a month-to-month thing where we were a touch-and-go situation and figuring out if we should be dating and it would become a back and forth. And then we would break up and then there would be instances of like random hooking up with people or texting someone and then we'd get back together because we loved each other and we were sorry and we would fix it. There were just a lot of breakups and then a lot of conversations after that about getting back together. We say that we dated for two years on and off, very, very on and off. And the reason that we were on and off for that year and a half is because that was a continuing situation. Emma and Sully broke up, got together, and broke up again. Rinse and repeat. There always seemed to be something that drew them back in. That is until they had that final fight that derailed both a vacation and a relationship. There's a pretty epic breakup story. I don't know the actual date. I consider the like final absolute blow. It was during the summer and we'd been dating on and off at this point for maybe a year and a half, two years, um, depending on when you want to say the relationship started. There were a lot of fights. Um, and we had decided to go to the beach together and we stayed in the condo that my parents have. So like, I'm, I'm very, very, very hazy on that. So it was just us on a trip together. And the first night we were there, in the middle of us um, about to have sex, she told me that she had slept with this girl. She did not like the other girl in her class. And yeah, on I think on one of our breaks, I I had talked to her or done something. I don't know why she decided to wait until we'd gone on the trip to tell me that she had slept with. Uh, this girl that had been the thorn in our relationship for the entire time. I think we all block out traumatic moments, but wow. Yeah, no, I don't remember it at all. But because it was the person who it was, that's why it was an issue for me, even when it was on a break. I can like vaguely picture Sully being really ticked off at me in a condo. When she told me that she had slept with this girl while we were having sex, I obviously stopped and we had a fantastic blowout fight. I I really don't remember specifics or I would own up to this. That lasted, oh God, I, probably for hours. Um, there was a lot of screaming and crying. And what eventually happened is she, I locked her out of the condo and I said, figure out a way home because I had driven there. Oh no, no, I definitely don't remember that. I locked her out and said, you can stay in the car until someone gets you, but you need someone to come get you. And someone drove two hours to come get her that night. That was the breakup. It seems a little odd that M.A. wouldn't remember the final blowout breakup. 
given that it happened mid-sex and resulted in being locked out and forced to find a ride home two hours away. So we'll make sure to press her for more details in the final joint interview. Sure, I think I put the final nail in the coffin and broke up with her, but clearly she wasn't wanting to be in a relationship at that time. Do I think it was my fault? Absolutely. It definitely became an ongoing conversation that was hard to get away from because we did still have the dog together and we were still on the same soccer team. I was in love with her for a very, very long time after that. It may have spent the next year or so after we had dated, attempting to try and get me back. I spent my whole 20s feeling guilty for a lot of the things that I did in that relationship and just really kicking myself. I would say there was probably a six-month period where I wasn't dating anyone and she was actively you know, trying to get me back. And I'd reached a point where I was comfortable and confident enough now that that is not what I wanted anymore. I would change everything. I would change my personal behavior if I could. I was 20. I, I don't, I didn't know how, or, and I wasn't equipped with the tools to do any of that. Um, but if I was given the chance, yeah, I would have treated her with way more respect. I think I was lucky in that how we ended is how we ended because it gave me something to look back to if I was ever unsure or uncertain about my decision. It seemed like both of them had their regrets and things they would do differently if they could. But the final breakup was just that for Sully. Final. And she was ready to move on. She started dating someone else, I think right before her senior year. Um, and that to me was like, oh, this is done and you're moving on with someone. This isn't just another one of our breaks. And Amay was still around. She knew who I eventually started dating. I didn't feel like I could go anywhere or do anything without being reminded of that. Um, or go to soccer games. So I've lost kind of my support group at the same time. And that was my choice. I was aware that she wanted to get back with me. And didn't think that was fair to continue to talk to her. We stopped talking. So when it ended for us and she started dating that other person, um, she was really good at being mature and, and saying, like, we can't talk. And she was 100% responsible in the relationship, which I hated. Eventually, even the cordial, stilted conversations between M.A. and Sully fizzled and came to a halt. So when did these two start talking again? She was in a, in a, like, in a relationship for a few years. And at that point, enough time had passed. And we were kind of living our lives and doing different things and, and settled. And I was also dating someone that I then moved to New York for. Then I, at one point, reached out to her to just see how she was doing. And she happened to be in town with her girlfriend at that time. And so I ended up meeting up with them. Oh, that's sweet. A little sad, but that's definitely not the reunion I was talking about. Maybe Sully can take it away. How do I say this without it sounding like I'm like making this up? She started to date my ex that I moved to New York with after we broke up. I had just moved to Austin and this girl had just moved to New York. And um, we kind of were both new people in new cities. And, um, she got in touch with me just kind of asking for advice on something. And what stemmed from there was this, like, uh, just pen pal ship that developed into more and then fizzled out. But I would say six months or so after my ex and I broke up is when MA and my ex started dating. And it was like no big deal. I think we both kind of looked at it as like, oh, yeah, okay, that's what that was. But yeah, a weird situation that I try not to talk about how we're all involved in. <laughs> I leave that detail out usually when I talk to my friends, but sure, let's put it out to the podcast world. So after everything, the cheating, the discrimination, the new girlfriends, were these two ever able to make amends and become 
dare I say, friends again? I would say about two years ago is when we started to talk again in a friendly way and just as adults now. It was dramatic and, and traumatic. Um, and I don't know how you come back from that. So we are acquaintances and I love her and I appreciate her, but I wouldn't say that we're, we're friends. We are great friends. Friends is like a loose word. Ouch. Amé and Sully's rollercoaster relationship definitely threw the both of them for a loop. They both said they meant so much to each other, but sometimes the words and actions never really reconciled. Now, nearly 10 years later, with real-world experiences and a few more mature relationships under their belt, and even one with the same person, the two of them still have a lot left to say. So we brought them back into the same room, and it's as heavy, whimsical, and revealing as we hoped it would be. And uh, I think, Emma, you were also unsure if that was th- the fight was about that girl specifically. Is that clearer now? Yeah, absolutely. It took me a little, like I said, a journal refresh, but um, yeah, it was definitely over that girl, and that makes a lot more sense. How was that journal refresh? I didn't want to read it. You know, I tried to. I started to read all of it, and then it very much became like skim, which, you know, skip 15 pages, skim a little bit more, and then I closed it. It was bad. <laughs> I mean, I can just set up what happened. We went to the beach. That is when Amay told me that she had slept with this person the week before. I thought that was a really inopportune time to tell me that. And so we had a little bit of a blowout, um, but did eventually have sex within that. And and then eventually, after probably a couple hours of us yelling and having some choice words for each other, I eventually locked Emma out and told her to have someone come get her and that she could stay in the car. I didn't, I mean, I wasn't a total monster. I was <laughs> gonna live, leave her out. There's a blanket. Yeah. South Carolina, you know, heat at night. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I did respect it. And I am surprised that she didn't get to that point a lot sooner. I'd I definitely deserved it a lot sooner than that. So at that point, it was, I understood and I'm sure fought it and was angry, but definitely understood, respected it. She really didn't fight it, Mm -mm. which I think was easy for me to hold my ground and stand my ground. Had she been very um, persistent and called into question my character for locking someone out, I think I would have broke, but you were pretty chill about it. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, cool. This is, you're finally breaking on me. This is what it takes. Okay, got it. I'm very curious. What was going through both of your minds when you were sleeping in the same room before you guys were dating? I mean, I knew what I wanted. Sully, you can answer that if you want to. Right. I mean, I had never dated anyone before that. And so I was dealing with, I obviously had crushes in high school that I were not aware were crushes on women. Um but this was playing out in a way where I was willing to have someone have it be a physical thing. And I mean that before sex, even like going over to her apartment being like, Oh yeah, it would be a good idea if you just like played with my hair and I laid on the couch with you. Um, I knew that those were things that I had never done before. And that was very confusing to me, but that didn't stop me from, you know, doing that on a, nightly basis. 
I think both of us can say and have said since, and, and even though we were so close and sleeping together in the same bed, I really did consider Zoe my, my very best friend. Um, even though all of that was happening. So even in my mind, even though I did have a crush on her and, and wanted something, if she would have never gotten to that level, I would have been okay with that too. I, I loved her as a, as a human being before anything else happened. But the sex was good, right? It was great. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, so, so you kind of touched on this a little bit, Sully. Um, this period of denial between when you guys first kissed and when you guys actually kind of talked about maybe developing into something more. What was going through both of your heads during that period? Um, I remember getting up the next day and not saying anything like, you know, that's just what you do in the morning routine is you get out of your best friend's bed naked and then you go to class and you don't talk about it. There was probably three or four days where we weren't talking about it. And I think that would make anyone crazy. And that's when it may you said to me, you know, you need to acknowledge this or I, I just genuinely can't be around you. What a great ultimatum. <laughs> no, I mean, I've had I not met you and been with you in that way and had you be a little bit, you know, make me be communicative with you in that way, I could have very easily gone through a majority of my 20s and just assumed that I was, you know, straight and not just an independent person wasn't going to date someone. I think both of us were. I think we can both acknowledge that it was it was getting to a point where we had to do something or I would have exploded personally. (laughs) (laughs) If that was your first relationship and that first night you spent together, was that Mm -hmm. the first time you ever had sex? Yes. Oh, yeah. I hadn't done, I had, had no sexual experience. I think I'd maybe kissed a boy from... 10 seconds before that time um, and wasn't a huge fan of it. So I didn't do that more, which is a, is a lot to not only have it be your first sexual experience, but have it be, you know, framing your sexuality within it and figuring that out about yourself for the first time. With your best friend, I'm sure. With your best friend. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. Um, so maybe now, we could talk a little bit about the soccer team as well. I know that you two both had initially very different reactions to that dating rule. Have you kind of reconciled on either side that dating rule now? Uh, a lot of things could have been done differently. And I, I think and I hope that they have changed the way that they operate. I don't agree with it, but I can see it from their eyes. I have forgiven them, even though I haven't forgotten. As like a gay woman, I don't agree with what happened. Um, it was hurtful. It was hurtful to me as a young adult and someone who is still developing. And isn't great for, you know, someone coming out and their self-esteem and in regards of like how your coach views you. I think I'm genuinely curious if you were uh, nervous, you would you would actually get caught, quote unquote. Oh, yes. I would say even like when Ame and I were dating, it sort of set up a very distinct rift in the team and who was on what side. There was very much a watch on me. But again, right, you have an adult telling you pretty much what's right and wrong. And if you're behaving in a way or dating someone, all of a sudden you're not following the rules. All of a sudden you're not a good teammate, even if you're doing everything else right. They mentioned or threatened, like, was it being kicked off the team or getting kicked off your scholarships? Did that threat feel very real? And was there ever any action taken toward it? Ooh. 
Should we go there, Sully? <laughs> sure, go for it. Okay, I'll take it. I guess if we're just putting it all out there. Yeah, my junior year, um, the spring of my junior year, we had had a season that didn't go. So our the season is played in the fall. Uh, we had a season that wasn't as good as they had expected. My whole class got called in. Um, one girl got kicked off. Um, she was gay. I got suspended. Everyone in my class got suspended. In my mind of like, I was doing everything right. The only thing I was doing wrong was this thing with Sully. So yeah, no, I mean, nothing happened immediately, but it did feel for me very real, which is, I think, why we had such a rough couple of months after that. It just felt very like isolated. I think, Sully, you mentioned that there was sort of a cheating moment. And I think we were trying to figure out whether or not that was physical or emotional. I just think, I mean, from the get-go, I I think I knew as soon as we started dating that you weren't necessarily untethered from your ex. Sure. You were communicating with people that I didn't know from a different school. I mean, there was a lot of moments where it was you were making it pretty clear that, that you're sort of pushing boundaries and seeing maybe if I was jealous or seeing how I would mm-hmm. react. I was new to sort of figuring out what boundaries were and what you can and can't do in a relationship. And if you're allowed to be upset about whatever it is, I was just very new to it. So right. the things you were doing, I assumed were normal. And that's just what people <laughs> so did. Sorry. I'm so sorry. No, it's great. I mean, I had like a crash course and learning what to do. <laughs> I'm and so not sorry. <laughs> no, what? you don't need to apologize. I mean, for <laughs> literal, actual babies. Like, I know. But that summer I had gone home and so I wasn't in the city where our school was. And I think you had stayed that summer. So we didn't see each other a lot because of that. And so clearly I didn't know what was happening, but in some of the behaviors that I'd seen there, I think I just sort of assumed. And that's what makes it more messed up for me that even when we were on breaks, we still were talking like we were together, which was I think the the worst part of it for me is that these actions happened and infidelities happened when maybe we were on breaks or whatever. But I mean, emotionally, I was still very much connected to you. This really does sound like Ross and Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) That's so bad. bad. I mean, we... Wait, am I Ross? No, I think that would be me saying like, I'm on a break. M.A. is Ross, yeah. Okay, okay. (laughs) Just to clarify... Yeah, We're going to have a baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, you were, like, sabotaging this entire thing. You clearly didn't want to be, like, in a relationship. It's hard. I know it's a contradictory statement for me to be, like, yeah, I was so in love with you. And I was still acting like this horrible asshole. But, like, I really was in love with you. So I think I, I did want to be in a relationship. But maybe just subconsciously you were smarter and you were, like, this is not what... 19 and 20 year olds need to be doing I don't know maybe let's let's say that (laughs) let's say that I think you guys are really touching on the fact that you were both quite on and off throughout the uh entire process was there really was there usually one person who ended it or was it a mixture of the (laughs) two of you it was always me um it was always me pushing Sully away always and then hoping that she would kind of fight for me to stay and that she would love me and uh, yeah, it was always me. And she would every single time be like, I'm exhausted. You can't keep doing this. I remember that you said that to me one time. Do you realize you do this every single month? 
I do remember that conversation. I know. Maybe we could talk a, a little bit. I, I'm using air quotes around the other woman because I don't obviously want to name her, but also it's really dramatic. Um, can we talk about <laughs> how this other woman played a role in your relationship? Uh, she was there the whole time. I mean, I knew her. I met her even before I met Sully and I entertained it before I met Sully. And once I met Sully, it was like everyone else was out of the picture for me, at least. She was there the whole time. She was still trying to be in a relationship or date or something. Hard same. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, even after we broke up, it was still she had set up this dynamic that it was really bizarre and it was something to watch. I mean, I just, I was in awe really of this person with how persistent they were, not just with MA, but with, I think on a regular basis, maybe just trying to embarrass or shame or whatever it was to me. Yeah. Just like really hated you. Really didn't like me and really made it, really made it known in a way that was, (laughs) that was public. I mean, she would make a point to call me out in a, in a public setting with our team. Um, yeah, mean girl style. And it felt very like a high school Disney movie. Um, so it was almost funny to me, funny, but it was also exhausting trying to navigate her for four years. Emma, I think you mentioned you might still be friends with her. Um, she lives a very different life now. She's married with a kid. Um, and I think that she, uh, married to a man with a kid. Um, I think that she's embarrassed of her behavior. I think, I hope she, she has apologized to me numerous times. I don't know if she's apologized to Sully. I don't think she's apologized, but she has reached out after college. So no, I don't think I've got like an apology apology, but I think her continuing to, to reach out was her way of apologizing. Emma, it really does sound like you had a lot of moves, so to speak. Would you say you were a smooth operator? No, if, if you met me in person, you would just look at me and be like, how, how? Like, no, no, you don't. That's not true, everyone. I mean, you're very charismatic, <laughs> M.A. Like, Thanks. That, there's a reason, as you said, you pull a lot of ass. So, <laughs> Did you like that? I hope you like that part. <laughs> Big kiss to that part. <laughs> I mean, it does really sound like you did, though. You had the whole, the whole soccer team after you, it seemed like. No, I had <laughs> two people and I only wanted one of them. So just two, <laughs> two out of like 22. That's pretty good ads in my perspective. Thanks. Take. Appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks. It's um, more than, more than I have going for me these days. That's same. Um, hard to <laughs> <say>, right? <laughs> so I'm also very curious, what happened to the dog? Oh, Sully has him. I'm looking at him right now. Hey, Tooper. <laughs> I think, I think the way that we discussed the divorce settlement was the one who cheated doesn't get the dog and Don't get anything the year after the year after yeah. our breakup was to me the hardest and probably still the hardest year I think I've had to go through as an individual right no it wasn't great and the yeah. fact that this dog was also staying where so he stayed with me but right it, it was your dog and we still co-parented Right. Which meant you still slept in my bed for sure. a whole other year while I thought I was trying to get you back, but you were over it. <laughs> One could understand how that would be mixed messages. 
I do apologize. That's uh, fine. That's cool. Uh, I, I know you mentioned that in your tape, Emma. You were trying to get Sully back for a good bit. Oh, yeah. What were, what were your efforts? I wouldn't even entertain anyone who came my way. I had one mission, and that was to get her back. And it wasn't even a year. I mean, it was years. I'm also curious, uh, Emma, you mentioned having met up with Sully and her then-girlfriend and having mm-hmm. an emotional experience in the car. Yeah, you didn't tell me that part of... Um, yeah, that was really emotional. I I realized that it had been so long, but I still had feelings for her, just seeing her again and like hearing her laugh and hearing her jokes. And that was a hard realization for me too. I thought I was over it and I wasn't, you know, what I wanted from that situation was closure. And then when I walked into it, I realized that's not what I got. Sully, how did you feel after that meeting? <laughs> I smoked a cigarette. I was fine. <laughs> um, it was, well, I mean, I was excited to see me. And I was excited talking to her at the time. And I remember when we left, my then girlfriend looked at me and she said she wanted to get out of there as fast as she could. And I was like, really? I didn't. She said, yeah, no, she she bolted. I, I'm, I'm curious as to how you got into dating Sully's ex, but also, Sully, how you found out. <laughs> she was at a soccer tournament. And there was a pharmacy, I'm a pharmacist, there was a pharmacy conference going on at the same time. And she asked if I was there and I wasn't. And then we just, I don't know, kept each other company. She, I think she was still kind of reeling over the breakup with Sully. And I think I found out about it pretty early on. We had all had a mutual friend who knew about it and I was living with her at the time, but I, it, it, it wasn't weird. To, it didn't seem weird to me because it's sort of understandable and that you're connecting in an emotional way and you have some sort of you share something. Um, so no, it was never a big deal to me. And so I think the fact that it wasn't being brought out in the open, I just thought it was a little silly. Um, yeah. See, I don't ever think that she and I tried to hide it. Um, it wasn't hidden to me. Had you texted me and been like, is this true? I'd be like, yeah, it's true. But we weren't talking. How do you guys see each other are you acquaintances? Are you friends? Are you something more? Is there Look, always I, something that will be there? I've been downgraded to acquaintance, which no. I will try and I'll try and work Stop. back up from. I'll Stop. put in some effort. I'll put in some texts. I'll send some dog <laughs> pics. Appreciate it. Um, but no, I have been for the past however many years, 10 years, assuming that we are still friends. That has always been my, my stance. It was always hard for me to put the friend label on it just because for so long, I didn't know if we would ever get to a point where, one, you could forgive me or I could forgive myself. But we're just now starting to really, I guess, starting from the first article that you did this summer, last summer, um, we've really started talking more. And I mean, I still talk to your mom. Shout out to Deb. Hey, Deb. <laughs> Hello, Deb. <laughs> if y'all want Deb to text you on your birthday. She will for the rest of your life. So just the best feeling. So just send me. My birthday is February twenty first. Oh great! (laughs) Oh, yeah, Pisces. Pisces cusp. Is that it? Pisces. Uh, Yeah, I'm a Pisces cusp. Well done. Thank you, Pisces. (laughs) Maybe I'll try to date you. Yay! (laughs) That's my ultimate goal on this podcast, by the way. Just just to get a load of vulnerable exes into into my uh, clutches. But (laughs) perfect. Well, if it doesn't work out with us, M.A., do you two think you'll ever have any type of future? You haven't come to see me once in Austin. You do ask me to Austin a lot. That's true. See? Um, 
I feel like maybe I'm avoiding Austin because it's the one place that I haven't moved. Um, oh, you nervous? I, and then I would just move there. Well, <laughs> well, then we could really be like Ross and Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded really hesitant. Yeah. <laughs> nice inflection. <laughs> Thanks to M.A. and Sully for sharing their story on the X Games. Thanks to Pierre, Bienname, and Anna Parsons, our producers. Join us next time for another deep dive into a love story and it's not so happily ever after. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, the Acast app, or anywhere you find your podcasts. But the X Games is more than just a podcast. You can check it all out on EliteDaily.com. <laughs>